Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Ransom Bello. Hallelujah. There was a time I, 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 I was doing the teaching, I think I did this teaching um, at the retreat, and I said to those of us who were there that they are indicators for spiritual growth. A lot of people think that when you're grown spiritually is when you begin to manifest supernatural gifts. Or is when you begin to manifest supernatural um, events. Those, those things are not necessarily the indicators for growth, spiritual growth. One of the major indicators for spiritual growth is your knowledge of Him. Your knowledge of Him. Can we say that together? My knowledge of Him. My knowledge of Him. That's an indicator of spiritual growth. Let me just quickly um, um, show you some scriptures. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Next verse. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. What does it mean to edify? To edify means to build. Alright? That's what it means to edify. So here we're talking about edification. We've moved to the subject of edification. And let's see further what Paul begins to say. Next verse. Till we all, let's read that verse together. Let's do it together. Want to go? Till we all come. Hold on. Sorry, hold on a bit. That's not all of us. Let's all do it together. Want to go? Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. It says, till we all, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Who is the Son of God? Jesus. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So spiritual growth has its indication when you grow in knowledge of him. And that's why Paul will say, grace and peace be multiplied to you what through the knowledge of him. If you want more grace, what you are actually desiring is knowledge. If you want more peace, what you are actually desiring is what? knowledge. The Bible says grace and peace be multiplied. So it means grace can be multiplied. Peace can be multiplied. So when grace is multiplied, it's because you have come to knowledge of him. Now can I also say to you that this knowledge is not necessarily knowledge of the Bible. Can I say that again? This knowledge is not what necessary knowledge of what the Bible you can know the Bible and still be a baby Christian. Because being a baby Christian has nothing to do with not knowing the scriptures. Because even Satan knows the scriptures. 
Even the demons believe. Okay, I don't want to get there now. Satan used scriptures to tempt Jesus. Is it not written? So it's not about knowing the Bible. But it's about knowing what the Bible is about. So you can quote scriptures and still be a baby Christian. It says grace, okay, that's the scripture that says grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter um, 4. Yes. So it says that we should no longer be children. Somebody say children. children. It says that we should no longer be what? Children. Tossed, toe and fro. And carried about with every wind of doctrine. Can you help me tell your neighbor? Say, don't be a child. You know, a child is the one who believes everything. You can't believe everything at this point in your Christian walk. You can't just take in everything. You know, some people are so stuck with what they know and there is no basis for what they know. And you are still stuck in it. Like, like daddy was saying on Sunday. I know what you know. Because I've been there before. At least you hear what I know. A rich man was bragging one day and he came to Jesus. What should I do to keep the law? And then he began to talk to Jesus. says, I've done this, I've done this. And then Jesus said, okay, alright. The last straw that broke the camel's back was when he said, go and sell all your possessions. And the Bible says the man went away filled with sorrow because he had many, <laughs> many possessions. You can't beat Jesus with your efforts. You can't. It's either you are on one camp, on the camp of grace, or you are on the camp of the law. But there is even a more dangerous camp which is the camp of mixtures. <laughs> and you know what? A lot, of peop- a lot of people are actually in the camp of mixtures, not really in the camp of the law. Because if you are fully in the law, I may not even have a problem with you. And I will tell you why. If you are fully in grace, that's good for me. That's fine. But if you are strictly operating by the law, the reason why I won't have a problem with you is that the law will drive you to grace. Did you get that? Because if you want to keep the law and to continue to keep the law, you will find out that you can't. Because the purpose of the law will become achieved if you really stay with the law. So that's why Jesus said, I wish that you are either cold or I wish that you are either hot. Do you understand that? He says, but if you are warm, he's talking about mixtures now. He says, but if you are warm, I will spill you out. So if you want to be cold, be cold. If you want to be warm, no, no, not, don't be warm. Hot. If you want to be what? Hot, be hot. If you want to be cold, and you know, we used to think, that's Revelations chapter 3 verse 15. 
let, let me quickly see that if, if it's there. Revelation 3 verse 15. It says, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. This is Jesus. Next verse. So then, because you are lukewarm. Now, this is warm. This is where many of us are. And neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. You make me vomit. That's what Jesus is saying. And we used to think that being hot or cold here is referring to activity. It's not activity. It's talking about grace and the law. (laughs) If you want to be cold, be cold. Follow the law because the purpose of the law will be achieved. That the law has become a schoolmaster to drive you to Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying? Galatians chapter, is it Romans or Galatians now? Galatians chapter 3 verse, let's start from 15. Galatians chapter 3 verse 15. Brethren, I speak in the manner of men, though it is only a man's covenant, yet if it is confirmed, no one annuls or adds to it. Next verse. Now to Abraham and to his seed were the promises made. He does not say unto seeds as of many, but as of one. Unto your seed who is Christ. Next verse. And this I say that the law which was 430 years later cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ that it should make the promise of no effect. Next verse. For if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer of promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. Next verse. What purpose then does the law serve? It was added because of transgressions. Till the seed shall come to whom the promise was made. And it was appointed through angels. You see, that's what that is said. That Moses never saw God, right? No, 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 no. Moses never saw God. It was the similitude of God he saw. The one who appeared in the form of God. What you see, the Bible says, the angel of the Lord. Alright? So he never really saw God. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus himself said, no man has ever seen God at any time. That's what he said. So he says, and it was appointed through angels by the hand of a mediator. Next verse. Now, a mediator does not mediate for one only, but God is one. Is the law then against the promise of God? Certainly not. For if there had been law, a law given which could have given life, truly righteousness would have been by the law. So why are you still with the law? Next verse. But the scripture has confirmed, confined all on the sin. Now, this is the entrapment. There was a teaching I did one day. I taught you guys about the prison of the law or the entrapment of the law. God put the law there to the children of Israel to imprison them until the hope came. So that's why he gave the law. He didn't give the law because there was life from the law. He gave the law there to keep them stuck so that when hope comes, they will run to hope. Do you understand? So that if, if you, it's just like 
getting someone used to bondage. And when the person has suffered bondage for a long time, when you bring freedom, the person, you don't need to preach. Are you following? The person will run from the bondage and embrace freedom. So that's the purpose of the law. Are you following? It says that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who what? Who believe. Not who do. You know, when I say many of us do mixtures, I don't mean that many of you know mixtures. I really mean to say many of you do mixtures. Even though you have been taught grace. Can I say that again? Many of you know grace, but you do mixtures. Many of you know grace, but you what? You do mixtures. When it comes to your own life, you are mixing. But if I ask you, come and preach, you preach grace. But when it comes to your experience, you, you do, you do mixtures. There's a place where you don't really have confidence in God. You want to do something just in case God does not. Are you following what I'm saying? You are actually doing mixtures. Where you are not living in total trust in God. You are living in condemnation. You are doing mixture. You are allowing condemnation. You are doing mixture. You are allowing self-effort. You are doing mixture. You know what people call mixture? They call it balance. He said, Pastor Phil, we have to balance this thing. (laughs) He said, let's balance this thing. Because we know there is grace. But we have to do something to balance the grace. If not, you are not a responsible... Are you following? You see, now that balance is what I'm saying is mixture. Alright? And you are in the category where you are making Jesus throw up. Look at your neighbor and say, don't make him puke. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Move to the next verse. He said, but before faith came, we were what? Kept under God by the law. That's the purpose of the law. We were kept under God by the law. Kept for the faith which would afterward be revealed. Next verse. Therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ. So why are you still with the law? You know, I'm going see, let me break this thing down. When I mean law, why are you still with works? Let me break it down again. Why are you still with performance? Why are you still trying to please God? That's what simply in simple terms law means. Law, works, performance. You are trying to please God. God has to, God, for God to be happy with me today. You know, money devotion, all those things must be sorted out, you know, before I start. Are you following? I must have done my fasting and praying, you know, before I go to the village to visit my uncle, you know, I must have called the pastor who must have agreed. Are you following? (laughs) Is it by your prayers? You see, because you must understand 
The difference between dead works and good works. Good works are things that grace produces. That's good works. You are, you are acting from position. But dead works is you are acting for position. You are acting to attain position. That's dead works. And let me tell you the truth. Many of us here, I know you've been in TSP for almost two years now, but many of you here, you still do dead works in your heart. Do you know how I know? I know it because you cannot see your brother and instead of praying for your brother, you condemn your brother. The house is getting more quiet now. Pivik, what did you say? Yeah. You can hear mice licking eyes. So therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. He says, but after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. See, let's read this verse together. Galatians 3.25. Want to go? But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. See, do you know the Bible says that the law is not for a righteous man? Do you know that? Is it 1 Timothy or 2 Timothy now? 1 Timothy 1.6. Help me check. I'm not really sure. 1 Timothy 1.6 or so. Oh, one. One nine or move to nine. Let let me see nine. Oh yeah. He said, knowing this that the law is not made for a righteous person, but for the lawless and insubordinate. See, are you righteous? Are you are you no, let's talk. Are you righteous? How are you righteous? So is the law for you? So what's your problem? <laughs> the law is not for you. Works is not for you. Performance. Pastor Phil, I have to. I have to. If not, God will not. Are you following what I'm saying? You see, that mindset, you must be free from it. What, when, when they were asking Jesus, or they were asking Peter, all right, the guys who were collecting the Jewish task for the building of, building of the temple, when they were asking um, 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 Peter, they said, your master Jesus, does he pay tax for the building of the temple? And then Peter said, he does. Let's ask him. And then Jesus now, drags Peter to the side and he says to whom are you getting this? To whom do the princes pay tax to? What he was indirectly saying is if foreigners are meant to pay tax should the indigenous of the land also pay tax. So Peter said, no, indigenous are not supposed to pay tax, but foreigners should pay tax. So Jesus replied to him and said, then the sons are free. 
So it means that the law of tax paying is not for the sons. It's for the foreigners. If you're not in Christ, you're a foreigner. Yeah? You're, you're a foreigner. It sounded like I was insulting someone, yeah? <laughs> so let's, let's move back to what I was sharing with you. Um, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 to, we, we stopped at verse 13, right? We stopped at verse uh, 13. Is it 14? Okay, 14. Ephesians 4 verse 14. Alright. It says that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Can you help me preach to your neighbor? Say, don't be carried about by every wind of doctrine. Look at somebody else who is by your side. If you're sitting near a wall, look at the same person. <laughs> look at someone who is by your side and say, stay with Jesus. Jesus only. Don't be carried away. Don't be tossed by every wind of doctrine. It, it, see, this wind, this wind of doctrines sound very good. You know why they sound good? Because they appeal to your performance. That's why they sound good. They sound good because it, 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 it relates to something you have to do. And everybody likes to be told to do something. Because, because see, I know what to do all right, to make you think that God is God is let me really say the way it is a wicked God. If I tell you people now, if I tell you people now that for some of you who you're going to receive a breakthrough, okay, every day just be licking this floor, be licking this floor, be licking this floor. Some people will. And guess what? Because there will be results. When some do, it consolidates in their spirits or in their minds. That this is the more reason why I need to be told what to do. Do you know that God relates with people on different levels? And on those levels, there are results. Moses, hit the rock. Water comes out. Moses, speak now. But he still hits it. What happens? Water still came out. So result is not a validation of truth. The fact that you are seeing proof or you are seeing truth, or you are seeing result, does not mean that it's consistent with truth. So this is the way I, I, I am with my life. I, I, I don't react to what I see. I react to what I know. Yeah. I don't react to what I see. I don't react to what I hear. I don't react to what I feel. I don't react to what I want to touch. But I react to what? What I know. Look at the three Hebrew boys. They said, even if God does not deliver us. They were not, they, they had gone past God, do a miracle for me. They had gone past that part. Saying, if God, you must prove yourself to be God. Because after you have done this, then I will know you are God. Really. I know you are God. So whether you do it or not. Do you understand? It's not, it's not, it's not whether God does it then it affirms my confidence in God. No. Paul says, we have known who we believed 
And we are persuaded. Persuaded. That he's able to keep what we have given to him. You see, I know, see, you, you must be convicted about what you believe. You must stay there and you must have an unshaken, unwavering faith about it. So you can't be a child tossed by every wind of doctrine. Today they say Jesus is going here, you follow. They say today Jesus is in skirt, you follow. They say, are you following? They say today Jesus is in earring, you follow. Today they say Jesus is in garment, you follow. They say Jesus is in... Come on. Stay with the Bible. Stay with the word of God. Now let's read this verse together. One to go. But speaking the truth. No, that's not all of us. Let's do it all of us together. One to go. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. See, your real growth is when you are growing into him. Not just when you are growing. You are growing in what? (laughs) Growing on top of what? Yeah, thank you, brother. (laughs) Growing growing to where? What are you becoming? What are you growing into? You see, because a lot of people don't know that doctrine is a proof of growth. You might be a pastor of one million church or one million membership, but you can still be a baby if you are not right in doctrine. Because the gifts and the callings of God, they are what? Without repentance. So a baby Christian can manifest the gifts. So you see, when you see the Corinthian church, they were one of the most spiritual people. Are you following? Because they manifest, they even manifested the gifts of the spirit by competition. You, how many sick have you healed today? I've done four blind eyes. You, how many? You are still struggling with one socket. Come on, we wake up. Look at this one. How many interpretations have you made today? You say, I've interpreted one tongue for the nations. You know, you say, me, I've done several nations. We have tar- you see, they were manifesting the gifts. But Paul came to the church and he said, I could not speak to you as mature. But as carnal. Because where there is envy, where there is strife, are you not babes? So it's not about the manifestation of the gifts. It's not. It's not about quoting scriptures. So your scriptures must be aligned and the right perspective. Alright? It must be what? In the right perspective. So that when you are talking scripture, the Bible says, study to show thyself approved. A workman who needs not to be ashamed. Rightly! There's a wrong dividing of truth in the body of Christ today. Are you following? There's a wrong dividing of truth. Many people have not rightly divided the truth. And how do I know that you are rightly dividing? It is when Jesus is the center. Paul says, I do not want to know any other thing. Save Christ and him crucified. So what are you preaching? Then let's start from there first. Paul said also in, in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he says, um, I have laid a foundation, and that foundation is Christ. Any man who builds must build on this foundation. So if you are teaching anything and it is not on the foundation of Christ, it says your works will be burnt down. Now I have a question for you. When those things are burnt down, 
When a building is burned down, can the foundation burn? You don't burn foundation. You can burn a building. So, if your, if your, if your structure is rightly fitted on foundation, that one won't burn. So you must get your message right. You must get, don't believe anything. See, I'm going to tell you the truth. Yeah, Many things that preachers and pastors are saying are not the truth. And I'm not called to judge any man's work. But I know what I hear. I know what I hear. Because we have traveled through several journeys of doctrine. You know, in this my short life. Mm-hmm. God used me to deliver that man who is standing from the law. And many, many people who are here, including this, even though they were leaders in their own rights in, on campus, when they came to TSP, they, they changed. Perspective changed. So I deal then he printed a t-shirt when he was pastor of his church. Repent or die. Now or never. <laughs> let me let me come to myself, right? Physician, heal thyself, Abby. See, I can't tell you I even know what I was preaching when I was in school. <laughs> For the whole two years. I can't tell you I know what I was preaching. I can't. I didn't know what I was just talking. Today I'm speaking Simon versus Peter. You know, it sounds interesting. Are you following? I'm just saying anything. But because I saw it in the Bible. (laughs) But now we understand the truth. And everybody here must know the truth. He said, for you shall know the truth. And the truth you know shall set you free. Stay with the truth. The Bible says that the law came by uh, the, the law came by Moses, but grace and and truth came through Jesus. How did he really put it? He says the law was given by Moses. The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus. You know what some people say, Pastor Phil? There is a difference between grace and truth. You have to teach grace. Then you balance it with truth. You have to balance grace with truth. What is truth? Tell them the reality. There is hellfire. Are you following? There is hell. Hell is real. That's the truth. So all these pastors who are deceiving people. Your performance can't take you anywhere. Jesus will never come meeting the second coming. He will never come meeting anybody morally perfect. Have you thought about that? Jesus, he will never come meeting anybody, including the Pope, including the Bishop, including Pastor Phil. <laughs> you see, when you think about this thing, eh, you, sh- you should thank God for Jesus, who came 100% God, 100% man. Who God sent him knowing that I have to take the place of these people. So anyone who trades places, alright, gets salvation. It's very important to know. Alright? 
Hebrews chapter 5 verse 12 and 13. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 12. It says, For though by this time you ought to be what? Teachers. You need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. For he is what? A babe. What is the word of righteousness? Grace. See, one of the ways I know you understand grace is when you can really teach righteousness. Or if you really understand the doctrine of righteousness. Why? Because righteousness is the central theme of the gospel. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For what? It is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone who what? Believes. To the Jews first and then the Greek. Then the next verse is for therein. <laughs> Praise God. Let's, let's see the scripture. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. He said, for I am not ashamed. Let's read it together. One to go. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salve. Hold on. He said, for the gospel is the power of God. The gospel is the power of God. The power of God is the gospel. Unto something which is salvation. So if you really want to talk about salvation, talk about the gospel. And that gospel is the power of God. For everyone who believes. For the Jews first and also for the Greek. Next verse. For in it. What is the it? In the gospel. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. The righteousness of God is a matter of faith to faith. Not faith to works. That's why it says from faith to faith. It says in Colossians, it says, As you have received him, so walk in him. How did you receive him? By faith. Then you do what? You walk by faith. You walk the way you received. You don't receive by faith and walk by works. It says you have received him. So walk in him. For in the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed. See, the Bible says it is revealed because it is hidden. It's revealed because it is hidden when it is not taught. There's a veil that covers your face. Because you are still in the law. You can't see the real picture. Are you following what I'm saying? He said, beholding us in the mirror, the glory of God, we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. He says, we who have been turned to the Lord, the veil has been taken away. You have been turned to the Lord. The veil has been taken away. If you turn to the Lord, which is Christ, the veil will be taken away. So the righteousness of God is one of the central theme of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what is the major thing you need to know about the righteousness of God? It is that it's a gift. Righteousness is not by performance. 
Ah non, 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 I have to. I have to. <laughs> I have to. Because if I don't, they will have to. <laughs> Romans chapter 10, verse 1. Romans chapter 10. Let me just quickly show you. Okay, okay, stay there, stay there, stay there. Second Corinthians 3.18, but switch to verse 15. Move up to verse 15. But even to this day, when Moses is read, let me tell you, in many churches, do you know what is happening? Moses is being read. In many gatherings of the believers, Moses is being read, not Jesus. So says, but even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Verse 16. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. He said, now the Lord is that spirit or the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. If you see, there is liberty when you are in grace. Why? Because the law is a doctrine of bondage. What did the law do initially? It kept the people stuck until the hope came. So the law is referred to as bondage. If you read um, Galatians yeah, chapter 4 verse 21 down to 31, you see where the Bible is talking about the bond woman and the free woman. <laughs> Praise God. So move to the next verse. Okay, this is where I was talking about uh, the bondwoman. Tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? Huh? You who say you want to be under the law, are you not hearing what? Use the amplified uh, the, the amplified version. Hear what the amplified version says. No, that same that same verse, Galatians four twenty one. Galatians 4.21, the Amplified Version. Uh, 21, move to verse 21. Yes, it says, tell me you who are bent on being under the law. They are teaching you, say, hmm, I, I refuse. Say, come this way, say, hmm. Come this way, say, no. He said, will you listen to what the law really says? Next verse. For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the bondmaid and one by the free woman. So you see, when you talk about the law, the law is about bondage. Bondage. You know why it's bondage? Because you are acting against your desires. Yeah, your heart is somewhere, but you are doing something else. What's that? Bondage. You don't want to steal. But you like it. Or let me put it this way. You are not stealing, but you want to steal. And you like it. And you pass there depressed. But this is what grace does. Oh God. This is what grace does. Grace sees what somebody else has and says, I have it in Christ. Are you following? I have it in Christ. I have it in Christ. So it changes the roots. Yeah, it changes the roots. Somebody who is told, um, I want to do skydiving. 
How many of you wish to ever do skydiving in your life? It's one of my bucket lists. That's one thing I want to do before I die. Praise God, skydiving. I want to experience being a bird. Pastor Adil says we'll do it together. I'll be glad. I don't know. We'll do them together. Because I remember when I was flying to Benin around 12 a.m. in the morning, Pastor Adil was in the front. He had book reading. He could not read that book. His eyes, his eyes were fastened on the road. Lonely road. Ekoma. Dangerous time. But trust me, if I was in the car alone, I'm still okay. My heart is as bold as a lion. Driving in that lonely road and there's no problem. You see, I just know that I cannot meet robbers. And if even if I meet them, I will pass them. You know, I, I, I can even tell them, oh guys, well done, well done, eh? Well done. Well done, well done, well done. But repent, repent, eh? Repent. I will move on. <laughs> You see, there's never a dead end when it comes to me. There's always a way out. I just know. You cannot, and that's the way you should think, that you cannot be stranded. Hmm? I'm never told that this is the end of the matter. No, 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 no. No, there's always a way. If you are close to me, you know. There's always what? A way. There's always a way. Always a way. For those of you who are thinking, ah, if he doesn't go this way, Mugwe, I'm finished. What are you talking about? You know, there are many ways to get to what you are desiring. Many ways. If God opens your eyes, you begin to grow in spiritual understanding. See, let me not deviate from this message. Hmm? It is written that Abraham had two sons, and one by the bondmaid and one by the free woman. Alright? Next verse. But whereas the child of the slave woman was born according to the flesh and had an ordinary birth, The son of the free woman was born in fulfillment of the promise. See, what does it mean when Paul is saying here that the child of the slave woman was born according to the flesh? What does he mean when he says that he was born according to the flesh? He was born according to self-reliance. Self-reliance. That's what produced Ishmael. Self-reliance. And about 14 years later, then Isaac came. So if you read the account in Genesis, you will see where um, Isaac was probably about three years old and they were doing a feast or a celebration for him. And then Ishmael was scoffing, mocking Isaac. And the interpretation, I don't have time to teach this. That word scoffing there in Genesis is not the same. Scoffing is also um, can be seen to be laughter. And I hope you know that Isaac means laughter. But the word there, scoffing, is not the same word for the name of the person he was scoffing. The word there, scoffing, is in a more derogatory term, which means to mock or to persecute. So when Ishmael was coughing at Isaac, he was actually persecuting Isaac. 
So the sons of the bondwoman was persecuting the son. The people who are in the law today in church are persecuting those of us who are preaching. Ah, are you following what I'm saying? Preaching grace. Let's move to the next verse. No, not this one. Go back to, yeah. Now, all this is an allegory. This two, like type and shadow, right? These two women represent two covenants. One covenant originated from Mount Sinai, where the law was given, and bears children destined for slavery. That's why I told you that when you stay with works, you are naturally going to be a bond a bond guy or a bond, bond woman. And if your name is James, you can add James Bond. <laughs> now it says, this is what? Hagar. This is Hagar. Next verse. Now Hagar is, stands for Mount Sinai. What's the relationship between Hagar and Mount Sinai? Hagar is the one, the woman who gave birth to Ishmael as a result of performance. Mount Sinai is also referring to the performance of Israel because the children of Israel, uh, they said to God, said, don't worry, everything you say we can do, we'll keep it. And God said, all right, tell the people to keep themselves away from me. Tomorrow I'm coming with my wrath and coming with my power. No man stands my unveiled presence without being consumed. All right. And I'm going to give you some rules and regulations. That's how the law started. So that's the re- relationship. And corresponds to and belongs in the same category with the present Jerusalem. For she is in bondage together with her children. Next verse. OJ, it's good to see you. Yeah. But the Jerusalem above the messianic kingdom of Christ is free. And she is our mother. Next verse. For it is written in scriptures, Rejoice, O barren woman, who has not given birth to children. Break forth into a joyful shout. You who are not feeling birth pangs. You see, we used to quote these scriptures in school. Rejoice, O barren. You know, we didn't know what it was saying. It was talking about the law and grace. So rejoice, break forth into singing, you who have no child. Hey, more are the children of the desolate than the children of the one who. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Next verse. But we, brethren, are children, not by what? Physical descent, as was Ishmael, but like Isaac, born in virtue of promise. See, this is what it's saying, that Isaac was conceived because a promise aided the conception. One. And secondly, Isaac was born because the promise aided the birth process. So you are born of promise. Not of self-work. Not of self-efforts. You are born of promise. Next verse. Yet, just as at that time the child of ordinary birth, born according to the flesh, despised and persecuted him 
who was born remarkably according to the promise and the working of the Holy Spirit. So it is now also. So what is, how do you, how do you move? You move by the workings of the Holy Spirit. We don't follow rules and regulations. We follow the leading of the Spirit. Because if you read Romans chapter 8, you see the distinction of the law and the law of the Spirit. Because the, the New Testament is also referred to as the law of the Spirit. Meaning that the law in the New Testament is guided and instituted by the Holy Spirit. So it says for as many as are led by the Spirit of God. These are the sons, not the bonds. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So we don't cast lots anymore. You remember? We don't do L-O-T-S anymore by casting lots. We move by what? Lots. Leading of the spirits. Hallelujah. Stay there, stay there, stay there. That same verse. Stay in that same verse. That's um, Galatians 4. Yeah. But what does the scripture say? Cast out and send away the slave woman and her son. For never shall the son of the slave woman be heir and share the inheritance with the son of the free woman. See, I I announce today the the complete packing out of law in TSP. Yes, I make a decree that no more mixtures. No more packing out. And I'm not talking about from the pulpit here because we don't even do it. I'm talking about you, 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 you. In your hearts. Those of you who know grace but you are doing law. Subconsciously. See, you must always make sure you are in the check of living by grace. You must always make sure that you are, you are not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine and carried away. You must make sure. So, what, what, okay, let's just do the last verse, then I, I, I round up by. So, brethren, we who are born again are not children of a slave woman, which is the natural, but of the free, the supernatural. If I'm a child of the supernatural, it means I live in the supernatural. Hallelujah. I live what? In the supernatural. The supernatural is an intervention of God over, over natural things. That's the supernatural. You bypass natural steps when you are in the supernatural. What people get by natural steps, you get by the supernatural. What people get by keeping a set of rules, you get supernaturally. And that's how when Jesus said to Peter that the sons are free. Alright? What was the next thing he did? He told Peter, go get a coin in the fish's mouth and pay for me and you. Supernatural. You bypass natural steps. Supernatural. You bypass natural steps. So the money that those Jewish people had to work to get and pay the Jewish tax collectors for the keeping of the building of the temple. What did Peter and Jesus enjoy? Supernatural means. 
The race is not to the swift, not the battle to the strong. Are you following what I'm saying? Let me show you just two more scriptures and we're done. We're, we're, we're done. Second Timothy three verse seven. Second Timothy three verse seven. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Second Timothy chapter three verse seven. Yeah, I like the amplified version. Let's let's do let's do let's do King James first, then we'll come back to the amplified. It says ever learning and what? Never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. See, one of the ways I know you are a mature believer is when you have knowledge of the truth. Not when you are consistently learning. Consistency in learning does not mean maturity. Whether you are taught in church or not. Oh yeah. Ever learning. There are many people who are schooled with all kinds of knowledge. You know, there was something somebody was posting and it was just information. It was information about things concerning God. And I looked through it. I didn't see Christ in it. I didn't see cross in it. I didn't see finished work in it. I said, this is too much learning. But this information is not guaranteeing you maturity. So what are you talking about? Ever learning, ever knowing scriptures, but not able to come to the knowledge of the truth. What did I tell you truth is? Person. See, I'm not saying you are always learning, but you are missing out what you are learning. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not saying that you are always learning A, B, C, D. And then you still don't know how to recite A, B, C, D. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you are learning A, B, C, D. And you know how to recite A, B, C, D very well. But you have missed Jesus. So you have perfected your learning on something else. But not Jesus. So if I call you now, you are a grandmaster when it comes to the law. You are a grandmaster when it comes to certain things about performance and works. But Jesus, you don't know. Grace, you don't know. Is so ever learning? Let's see the amplified version. Amplified version. It says, these weak women will listen to anybody who will teach them. They are forever inquiring and getting what? Information. But are never able to arrive at the recognition and knowledge of the truth. Definite article. And he puts the T in capital letter. So you don't mistake it. Are you following? Every other thing there is in small letter. You know. But you see that truth. Capital letter. Why? Because truth is pressing. So how can somebody be deceiving you? How can you think that there is something you do that makes God angry with you? You are ever learning and not coming to the knowledge of the truth. Because God is not angry with me. And I know that. Why? Because he was not happy with me because of what I did. He was happy with me because of what somebody else did. Jesus. 
Because in the Old Testament, when you want to appease God, you have to bring the sacrifice. And then the priest takes the sacrifice. What is he doing with the sacrifice? He's examining the sacrifice to see if the sacrifice is perfect. Because if there is a blemish in the sacrifice, then you are still not worthy. But if the sacrifice is free of spots, then you are worthy even though you are still not worthy. So God examined Jesus to be happy with me. He's satisfied with me. Can we say that together? He's satisfied with me. I, I didn't lose my way. No. No. There was not a point or there was not a time where God was upset with me and then things started happening in my life which was a proof that God was angry with me. Do you know that's the mindset of many people? You see that, hope, that happened in the Old Testament where the children of Israel would not keep the law and then God would send enemies to defeat them. And then they would cry out for mercy and they would come back to God and God would rescue them. Not in the New Testament. Right now it says there is no more any sacrifice for sin. Why? Because the perfect sacrifice, he took his own blood. The priest, we have to take the blood of bulls and goats into the holies of holies. But Jesus, who was the sacrifice, took the sacrifice of the blood by himself. Do you understand what I'm saying? He took his own blood. It means that the sacrifice had to be a living sacrifice. And he was a living sacrifice because he was a willing sacrifice. Praise God. So he says, but I'm never able to arrive at a recognition and knowledge of the truth. You hear many preachers preach and many people still can't pick Jesus. Many of you read your Bible in the morning and you still can't pick Jesus. You see, I have a problem with those of you who are still following devotionals that take you outside of what I'm teaching. Do you understand? That's mixtures. I have a big problem with that. You have to check and scrutinize the devotional. Because if you are thinking it's about religious activity by doing devotional in the morning, meanwhile you are poisoning your mind and you are into mixtures, I'd rather you don't read it and stay with what you know, which is Christ. Get devotionals that focus on Christ. So I have a big problem. It doesn't matter who wrote them. It doesn't matter who wrote them. Paul said, if anybody brings another gospel, he said, even if it's an angel, let him be a cost. He said, even if I come to you in the next five years and I tell you I've changed my mind on this message, don't receive me. That's the certainty to which he tied the gospel. So I have a problem when some of you stay with devotionals and the devotionals is completely works. You, you go to Bible school and the, the Bible... See, babies eat everything. I hope you know. Whatever they see, they eat. They just want to pick something and eat. I mean, they can't delay gratifications. So babies will eat anything. They say, oh, it's good for me. It's not good for you, sir. And they don't even know when they are eating poison. Don't make Jesus puke. 
Say, but even if we were an angel from heaven, should preach to you a gospel contrary to and different from what from that which we preach to you, let him be accursed. Anathema, devoted to destruction, doomed to eternal punishment. Subhanallah. Look, see, don't play with what you are hearing here. Are you getting what I'm saying? See, we didn't even come here just... There was a time where we didn't know. People taught me this thing. And you know what I did? I went to the scriptures and I found the gospel for myself. Challenge assumptions. You know, I told, I told Uzoma, thank God he's doing a great job. I told Uzoma, I said, please, let's scrutinize our songs so that I'm not teaching Christ and we are singing walks you know there's a there's a there's a harmony there's harmony in what we're doing when you're hearing songs before you sing them listen to them i'm telling all of you too before you hear those songs and before you sing them listen to them hear what they're really saying send down your power we pray (laughs) Send down your power, we pray to you, Lord. Send down your Holy Ghost. You know, you know. see, in those days, we used to charge when we sing the songs. Hey! Send down your power. What? We charge. You leave that song for the last songs when the anointing is about to fall. And as the choir is singing, the pastor is laying hand. People are falling on manifestations everywhere. But you see, we didn't know. Are you following? We didn't know. It says, send down your Holy Ghost. Another one? Another Holy Ghost different from the one that came on the day of Pentecost? He has been sent over 2,000 years ago. Hallelujah. So it says, ever learning, but not able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Last verse. Last verse. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 18. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 18. Some of you still go to fellowships where they are teaching you works. Are you following? You hear mixture in the morning because I'm evening now. So, you want to balance morning with Pastor Phil and balance Pastor Phil with something else. In the morning, be careful. Don't do mixtures. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you are in a place where you unavoidably cannot, okay, be out of that gathering, hear by the word. That's deep. I know you got that. For faith cometh by hearing. And hearing, it is a hearing the word. Says hearing by the see, so, so if somebody is preaching works, I will use my depth of the word to hear your works. Hmm? And when I hear it, it filters into me as grace. So you are hearing by the word. The faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word. It says let the word of Christ dwell richly in you. You know, wisdom. Spiritual understanding. Say, so let the word of Christ, not word of God, do. Word of Christ. 
and him crucified. Let it dwell richly so that when you are hearing, you are hearing by the word. So let's go. Last verse. Second, what, what did I say? Second Peter. I, I love my projector guys, man. Any scripture I say, they just bring it out. Let me tell you, this what we have is a miracle from God. Because I've been to many big churches and the projector men. Are you getting The projector men can't interpret the scriptures that the pastor is calling. So if the pastor is not calling the verse, the pastor is on his own. But if he calls the that's when they would only bring it out. But here, I just say the one line and bam. God bless you guys. God bless you guys. He says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus and Savior. Hallelujah. Ephesians says we grow up into him. Don't just grow. Because you'll soon be caught. But make sure when you are growing, you are growing up into the knowledge. So doctrine is key. For we are not children tossed by any wind of doctrine. No. We know what to eat. And we eat well. We eat right. I'd rather not go to a place where their teaching works. Are you following? But if I have to go, I will hear by. I will hear by the word. Because anybody can bless me. Yeah, I've grown to that point. But, but you have to grow to the point where anybody can bless you. Because if you have grown and the word of Christ dwells richly in you, if somebody is preaching what is not even consistent, you know what to pick. And add to what you have. And guess what? You will, not leave, you will not look down on the person. What is this person teaching? You won't do that. You will only pray that the eyes of his understanding be enlightened. That he may know what is the hope of his calling. What is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of the power that is at work in him? You will only pray for him that he sees more. Not to say, what is this pastor preaching? He doesn't know where we are. <laughs> we are past there. No, don't do that. Amen? Amen, don't do that. Because there was a time I preached, and I, I was preaching on that sweat, and on that... I preached works. Before. Give pastor Osas the mic, you will see what will happen then. <laughs> there was a pastor who was telling me, he's the PFN chairman of Kano State. He was telling me, he has a great church in Kano. He said, Pastor Phil, I have preached works. To the point whereby it got to a point in the preaching. This woman pulled her earrings out. She didn't take them off. She pulled her earrings. And he saw blood gushing on the woman's white. Say he knew that the message had touched her. When he went back home, celebrating God for faithfulness of the word, the entrance of the word gave it light. He said, Pastor Phil, if I see that woman today, I need to apologize to her. That I misled her. You know? So my dad was not ashamed to tell us, say, look, I suspend people for buying brand new Volvo. Are you, are you following? I suspend people for, bri- for wearing shining shoes. The only way he could convince my mom to wear gold earrings I mean, to wear earrings is to buy her gold. When my mom saw the gold, amen. (laughs) 
My mom wear earrings. Something has gone wrong with your faith. Wear earrings, my mom. You see, and the funny thing is, it's my father who taught her. Many times the followers are even... Are you, <laughs> they're even more dangerous than the, than the lawgivers. My mom, wear earring. Are you kidding? <laughs> he said the Lord gave the word and great was the company of them that published it. <laughs> my mom, wear earrings. Ask my sisters. They didn't have hole in their ears at 14, 15. Oh yeah. So when my dad started reteaching her, it took years before my mom adjusted. As you see her like this, doing swag. It took years. <laughs> it took her years before she came to the knowledge of the truth. It took her years, many years. So when my dad called, he gave her other earrings. She was not, she was not taking them. Are you following? She was not. She would look at this one. This man thinks he can, he can deceive us. I'm praying for you, my husband. <laughs> praying for you. Praying for you. You will come back. You will come back to, you will come back to the faith. But after much talking, you know, my dad now bought her gold earring. He <laughs> said, we have found him who we are looking for. <laughs> Praise God. Let's bow down our heads and pray. Just bless God wherever you are. Thank God. Thank God for the gift of the word. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening, and for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.